I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, guys. Here for the Hollywood Life podcast, and with me today is my co-anchor Ali Stagnita, who is broadcasting from home, from her parents' home. My parents' home. Twenty-six on Thursday, and living at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That is the that is the thing to do right now. We are all in places. Well, I guess I'm not, except that I'm usually at the office and here I'm at work and there is a teenager strolling by. Um, oh, here he comes again. And we are so excited to have today joining us, Carson Cressley. Hey, Carson. Hi, guys. Hi. And you look like you are in the best place of all quarantining. I see a pool in the background, but I've been on your Instagram and I've seen a lot of horses and what looks like a farm. Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I know how lucky I am to be um, uh, quarantining um, out in the country. And I do mostly live in New York City, but uh, I had was filming a project for Freeform and we, we shoot that show um, in Montreal, even though it's made to look like New York. So I was actually in Canada thinking, you know, oh, this is no big deal. I'll shoot the show and then I'll go home. And then I think literally as I was at the airport coming back from Montreal around March 10th or 11th, the president was on TV talking about the pandemic. And I was like, wow, this is um, real. I better get home. And I grabbed a bag in the city after I landed at LaGuardia and I came right out to my farm, which um, is next to my family's farm here in Pennsylvania. And I've been here for, uh, I guess it's going to be like my three month anniversary on, uh, on June 11th. So, uh, but it's been, it has been, you know, people have gone through so much stress and trials and tribulations and sickness and sadness that uh, I, I know how fortunate I am to be in a beautiful place and I'm with my family and, um, knock on wood we've all been healthy well i'm so glad to hear that and i'm not sure that um most people know but didn't you grow up on a farm i did i did i am not Jacques Gabor. this is not green acres <laughs> it's not new to me um uh I, i'm from pennsylvania i'm from very close to where i am right now and um i grew up we always had horses and um we didn't have anything fun like chickens and goats and you know those kinds of animals, which I was always begging for. And uh, my family was always like, "No, no, just horses and dogs." And um, I mean, so horses have been a huge part of my life, and they have been a really great part of quarantine um, because 
uh, ironically, when you're on a horse and you're trying not to die, uh, you don't <laughs> think about anything else. It's actually quite relaxing. <laughs> well, aren't you an aren't you a trained equestrian? I am. Yeah, I have. Um, I usually don't think I'm going to die. Some days I do. I'm just like, <laughs> what is going on? Uh, but the great thing about growing up on a horse farm is that um, you learn to ride at an early age. And I'm always jealous of people who can like play sports like tennis. And they're like, oh, I started when I was four. Um, I at least have the horses. And I started when I was like four or five. And it's allowed me to still be able to compete. And I have won a couple like world titles and oh, oh, oh world titles. I mentioned that I have met I mentioned that casually. It sounds so um you can't say that without sounding um you know a little silly. No, we're impressed. We want to hear more. Uh it's something I've always done. So I've been able to maintain uh being competitive even though I normally would be like in LA for the summer, either shooting drag race or um working on a different show. But now this year there are no competitions thus far, but at least I'm I'm very legged up. My horses um, see me come in the barn every day, and they're like, "Oh my God, is he here again?" <laughs> they're 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 gonna go on to kayak and buy me a ticket to LA very soon. <laughs> That's hysterical. Do the horses have names? Yeah, they all have. Like all of the show horses have names, like. When you see like the Kentucky Derby and the names are like, you know, Seattle Slough or something, they're usually, that's their registered name. So they have those funny, fancy names that are usually based on like who their mother and father are. But um, their lineage. I like to give them all people names. You know, yeah. it's fun. They're like, what were you doing? I was like, oh, I was just riding Larry for a couple hours. <laughs> um, that always um, is funny if people don't know that you have horses. Uh, but, oh yeah, so I, have, I have one named Bernie, and I have one named Tanner, and I have one named Oliver, oh. Abby. Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember all of them. Lola. Wow, you've a um, lot of horses. Mostly all people names. Yeah, no, no do, one's named like Diablo or Trigger. <laughs> and do they know their names? They do. I've been home so much, and. Um, I have like a souped up golf cart that has like off-road tires that I drive around the farm. You have seen it on my Instagram. And um, the horses love peppermints because they're like, can't, you know, they're sugar cubes, basically. They're a little easier to deal with because they come in a wrapper and they just are crazy about them. So I buy a big bag of them at the grocery store and then I drive around on my golf cart, again, like a 70-year-old woman. Take the bag and call their names and they're just like, that person has candy, let's go. <laughs> got them trained to run over to the fence um, and get candy. I'm sure it'll train them to do something terrible that when I'm not here every day, my neighbors will be like, um, your horses just ran through our fence again. <laughs> but, yeah, what are Lola and, and, and Larry doing in our yard? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes it does. So, um, but I'm enjoying it for now. Well, it sounds like fabulous. And you've been doing something called Fab from the Farm. Now, is that an Instagram Live? Yeah, I just, right after quarantine started, and, you know, every, every Hollywood production and every set was shut down. And it was March, so, like, the weather wasn't even good. We weren't even outside. So I was like, what am I going to do to fill my day? 
and I'm a bit of a workaholic. I like to be busy. So I was just like, let's do a show every day over lunchtime. So from 12 to one every day I go live and literally I was just sitting and talking to, you know, fans and followers. And then I was just like, I should just bring on other friends of mine. Like it was very organic and there was no plan. And then a follower sent me a logo and I was like, I have a logo now. Google that kids, Google that. And, um, uh, it just turned into something. And, um, sometimes we have like thousands and thousands of viewers, which is fun, but I haven't really changed the format. I just have on people that I know and like. So I've had drag queens on talking about the finale of drag race. I've had, um, uh, famous chefs. Which I love mixed with the farm. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had drag queens on Fab from the farm. I've had, um, famous chefs that I know from some projects that I've done for food network. I've had, um, uh, a friend of mine who's on Club Getaway on Bravo, who happens to be a clinical psychologist who was talking about um, Black Lives Matter and white privilege and really having that discussion. Like, we have a lot of fun. We've had some poignant discussions. And um, uh, it's just, it's different every day. And it's just based on who happens to show up, like who my friend of the day is. Love that. Yeah, love that. Well, we want to also hear about RuPaul Drag Race All-Stars, which has just started on Showtime at 8 o'clock every week. Um, what can you tell us about what we should look forward to this season? Because the season has just begun. Yeah, it was originally going to, um, it was originally going to be on Showtime, and then... Um, uh, which is part of the Viacom family, but right. they actually are keeping keeping it on uh, VH1, which is also part of the Viacom family, because that's where the regular season of Drag Race airs. So okay, uh, so VH1, Google's got to correct itself. Yeah, I, know. I saw that time. Yeah, that was the original plan, and got I it. think got that um, you know the show has been such a nice escape for people when the the world is somewhat you know sad and um uh everything is constantly changing so people were really resonating with the show this season season 12 and i think they just wanted to keep that um home for people and just keep it on vh1 so i think that's the deal but i don't know we'd have to call a network executive to find out the real <laughs> truth <laughs> So this is All Stars, correct? Season five? Yeah. So um, every year thus far, and I've been on since season seven, um, and we just finished season 12, but every couple of years we do an All Stars edition, which is just that. It takes some of the favorites um, from past seasons, from seasons one through through 11, and um, brings them back. And, and I think it's, for me, it's one of my favorite um variations of the show because we fall in love with so many of the contestants but just like any other reality show sometimes you know American Idol or The Voice or any of them you can have an off day and you get sent home even yeah. though you're really really talented yeah um this is a great chance for those queens to um maybe hone their craft a little bit you know after they're on the show they become famous anyway and they start touring the world and uh, I follow them on Instagram and they're like in Australia and Finland and they're doing shows everywhere. So they come back for all stars. And usually um, 
they are reinvigorated and highly trained and they, um, they have um, fine-tuned their um, reads and their sassiness and they are ready to slay and um, it makes for a very good competition. And, um, and then in this season, you know, they also bring some beefs from, fr- they have some, some, uh, some, some baggage um, that they bring with them, other than wigs and gowns. And um, it starts off right, right off the bat. And this season of All Stars 5 um, has, um, that has happened already and we're only in episode one. So it's getting juicy. It sounds juicy, and it sounds like we're going to see a, a, a lot of incredible talent. Are there some, can you tease us with uh, some more tidbits of what we can look forward to or any special guests? Yeah, I mean, I always, um, being a permanent judge on the show, I'm always excited about who's going to sit with us on the panel. Yeah. And because the show has been so popular, um, we have great luck getting amazing guests, judges. We've had Lady Gaga and uh, we had Nicki Minaj. We've had um, just everybody under the yeah. sun, Leslie Jones. And, Casey Musgraves um, was a favorite. Casey Alexandria. Musgraves. Yeah. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, we've so just we had such a wide variety, but I don't know who's gonna be there because it's so top secret. And then when I drive onto the lot, you know, there are those little signs where you park and mine says Carson and then there's guests and I'm just like, Oh, who has a red Miata? Who could it be? <laughs> um, I don't think anybody had a red Miata, but I, I would be, be so excited to go upstairs and see the little signs on the door. And this season for the first episode, it said Mr. Ricky Martin. And I almost lost it because um, uh, I'm a fan of Ricky and his bonbons. And, um, and um, uh, it's been a, it was a great, um, first episode with him and, uh, a dream come true to work with Ricky Martin. I was just like, how did I get to be so lucky? And, um, there are many more guests of that caliber and I can't even say who's coming up next because, uh, they usually don't announce it to like the day before the show. So I can tell you on Thursday probably, but it's <laughs> going to be, um, uh, it's going to be a great panel of guests. This past season, we had Jeff Goldblum and Leslie Jones, who I mentioned before, and um, AOC. So it, it'll still be the same um, caliber of amazing people who have made their mark in either music or politics or pop culture or film or television. And they always bring great insight um, to coaching the queens um, during their performances. Why do you think that you've attracted such, uh, you know, high, like such big name guests who I guess are fans of the show? Like why? And also yeah, on such a broad range, as you said before. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, I think it's just the broad appeal of the show and it's always been a bit of a cult classic. And then when we moved to VH1 a couple of seasons ago, I think there was even broader appeal. 
and celebs who are fans of the show um, just want to come and, and be a part of it and see the Queens live on the main stage. So um, people just kind of want to be there and we're, we're just thrilled um, to have them because um, they're generally very successful people who have great information on how to be an amazing entertainer. And that's really what the art of drag is about. It's about um, being charismatic and being unique and um, having talent and having the um, persistence and the chutzpah um, to get out there and, um, and um, kill the competition every week. So uh, that's, it's just another fun layer of the show. What advice do you have um, to, you know, up and coming queens that want to eventually, hopefully be on the show and make it on the show? You know, how do you kind of get that chutzpah to, to do that? Oh, I think, well, first of all, experience, you know, be a good drag queen um, and be out there and um, work in the clubs and work um, at your craft because there's no um, substitute for actually being out there and, and performing that art and learning how to work with an audience and honing who you are. And then I think when you get there, the number one thing is um, do your version of drag, be yourself um, and bring you to the competition. Instead of trying to fit yourself into the competition, fit the competition around you and your brand and your skills and, um, we always tell the contestants, we want to see how you do drag. Um, and Rue personally picks all of these contestants and we get thousands of audition tapes. Yeah. And um, every, every contestant we remind is there for a reason because there was something about them that's really extraordinary. And um, we just want them to continue to bring that to the comedy challenge and bring that to the runway challenge and bring that to uh, the roast and bring that to the debate and all the different I mean, I think that's why the show is all so popular is because there's a little bit of costume design, there's hair, there's makeup, there's comedy, there's singing, there's dancing, there's acting. They really have to be good at all of those things at all, yeah. to be America's next drag superstar. <laughs> well, they really are extraordinary. And they also, I have to say, like they look like they are having such a good time yeah. while they're there. Well, I think, I think part of that is being a good queen and, um, and um, putting on that face of a performer and not letting anything rattle you. But I know, and we don't even see this until the show airs, I know there's always a lot of uh, queens that get in their heads or there's drama between the contestants. <laughs> there's a lot going on behind the scenes and we do a show right after Drag Race every episode called Untucked. And it's where we unpack all of the um, behind the scenes drama. And it's a little bit kind of like a reunion show, like a Real Housewives reunion thing where um, the queens have a cocktail and kind of discuss what happened on the episode. And that's usually where the, um, uh, where the, where the shade is thrown and where somebody might get called out. So um, there's definitely, um, they're having a great time, but it is stressful for sure. Can, um, what have the Queens been doing, um, during quarantine? How are they, how is the community managing are they, and communicating with each other? I mean, because they can't perform in clubs. Yeah, it's a, this is a very, very challenging time for anybody who works in front of 
an audience and it performs in nightclubs or restaurants or uh, large venues or concerts. And most of our contestants um, will go on tour and they go all over the world and, or they work in their home clubs, either like Las Vegas or Los Angeles or New York. And all of those venues are obviously shut down right now. So it's been, you know, this is how they make their living as a professional drag queen. And it's been very challenging. And like all of us, um, they've had to reimagine the ways in which they work. And there have been some amazing digital performances. There's been a digital drag fest, which happened. And um, even our finale of RuPaul's Drag Race, which is always a live event and was going to be at our live show in Vegas, um, had to be done from home. So everybody is adjusting, but it's been very, very hard. And um, I'm sure economically devastating yeah. for most of them. Um, but they are creative and resilient and strong people and they're figuring out a way to um, get by. So uh, we've all been trying to support them through these different digital ventures. Even, you know, a lot of prides have gone digital and, yeah. you know, the queens are working on those, on, on those platforms. Yeah, tell us about, um, you know, pride being digital. You're, you're signed up for uh, a few different events right now. Tell me a little bit about what you're going to be doing. Yes, yeah. virtual events, because we can't have the regular parades and celebrations. I know. I miss a sweaty throng of men <laughs> dancing. It's very um, sad. But um, yes, uh, because we can't be together, it's still very important to celebrate Pride. And uh, almost every major city is still having their Pride events, and they're all going digital. Uh, in New York, ABC7 is hosting the New York City Pride, and I'm going to co-host that with their uh, team. And we have just, you know, things like every other Pride. We're going to have amazing entertainers, Billy Porter, Deborah Cox, um, Janelle Monet. Uh, we have a Grand Marshal, Daniel Levy from Shit's Creek. Oh, we love him. I know. He's been on our I podcast. Know. He's amazing. <laughs> And uh, every time I say Shit's Creek, I think, can I say that on the radio or on TV? <laughs> S-C-H, everybody. So it's fine. And um, so we're going to try and make it, you know, um, kind of like the real thing with all of those, you know, an, a grand marshal and music. And I think this year, um, I think Los Angeles is doing the same thing. I think I'm doing something with them. Um, yes, we we saw your name on uh, yeah. on, on, a, on a press release. I think you are. Check your calendar. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure I'm there for that. And uh, it's just so funny. I hosted South Florida Pride like from my living room. Uh, me and some um, some drag superstars. So that was fun. So we're getting used to it. And I think uh, every city is kind of doing that. I did something for World Pride. And, um, and I think also, you know, our prides will also shift a little bit too and um, talk about Black Lives Matter. And, you know, uh, the pride events around the world really, you know, in New York City, 1969 started with the Stonewall Riots. So we know about in the streets activism. We know how important that is to inspire change. Um, so I think our prides will be a great time to stand in solidarity um, with our black brothers and sisters, um, our trans uh, brothers and sisters, people that have been marginalized and overlooked. Um, 
that's always been a group that's been embraced by the gay community. So I think that'll be a huge part of this year's, I hesitate to say celebration because it's not a very celebratory time, but um, we have to, um, we have to uh, acknowledge what's going on and we can still um, celebrate our unity and we can still celebrate um, the joy that comes from working towards equality. I don't, hopefully that makes sense. It's, it's, yeah. it's no, absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's very ironic because this is the 50th anniversary of pride of the pride parades because Stonewall, as you mentioned, uh, the Stonewall riots occurred in Stonewall riot occurred in, in New York city in 19, 69 when but and this is so relevant when the police um were brutalized um i, I think I, brutalized uh trans women who were and other lgbtq people who were at this club this right. and then a year later so they had the riots which actually forced some positive change and then a year later was the very first Pride Parade. So it's so ironic that here we are 50, 50 years after the first Pride Parade and you're di you have to go digital because of the pandemic, but that we have again all of these protests against police brutality. So there's so much in common. Yes, yeah. And I think a lot of people, you know, maybe don't know the history of the Stonewall riots and how that all started. But yes, it was a reaction to police brutality in New York City. And then of course it expanded um, after, after that and launched the gay rights movement. But there's so many great, because it's Pride Month and because it is June, there are so many great shows uh, out on television, being visible on Apple Plus. Um, Netflix has so many great um, Pride things. It was a fantastic, I believe it was on Netflix about Marsha P. Johnson, who was one of the uh, black trans women at the Stonewall riots. So there's a lot of resources. Um, even though we're all stuck at home, there's a lot of pride resources in the media right now where you can learn about um, the movement and activism and protesting and moving the needle of equality forward. Carson, do you think that um, with Pride going digital this year, it's going to maybe more than other years really hone in on the importance of pride and being and like the history of pride um maybe more than other years yeah i think so i mean i think maybe being digital and being a little bit more focused um we might be able to tell stories a little bit better um you know sometimes with a giant parade or a big celebration sometimes messages can be lost and now we have kind of a captive audience of people at home mm -hmm. um that can focus and really um we can educate and inspire and also yeah. entertain i mean it's still supposed to be a celebration mm -hmm. absolutely and it it feels like it's it's so important in this era like it's it, i think that it's never been more important in recent memory um, for pride um, to be celebrated in the, in the way of the, to bring the focus to the fight for equality because we're at a time where we've had steps backwards against LGBTQ rights in the last few years. 
yeah, I think uh, it seems, you know, in this day and age that it's coming at us from every direction. And I think when that happens, when you feel vulnerable or threatened as a community, it's now more important than ever to um, show solidarity, to show togetherness and support for um, our community and other communities that are facing injustice. And we've always done that. The gay community has always been very resilient and has, um, from the Stonewall riots to, um, you know, we just lost Larry Kramer in HIV and AIDS activism. And, um, you know, their tagline for ACT UP was knowledge is power. And um, so getting the message out there and taking to the streets and really doing it for ourselves and not waiting for the government to slowly come around to um, changing policies and laws has always been the way that we've rolled. So I think we're gonna continue to do so this year um, to uh, inspire change. And we've, we've been so good at it. And I saw this Lady Gaga uh, commencement speech and she was saying, you know, there's so much sadness right now, but there still are things uh, to be hopeful and to celebrate. So I'm gonna take her lead and um, we've got lots of work to do, but we've, we've done it before and we can do it again. And also I think that as well, the energy and the outpouring that we're seeing of protest and demand for change. And I think that that, despite it um, happening because of such a terrible tragedy, that people want to turn this into some into positive change. And um, we, we haven't seen that kind of outpouring, especially from young people in a really long time. Yeah, I think you said it exactly right. I think um, so many people um, want to um, take this terrible tragedy and turn it into at least um, change for something good. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Right, a catalyst. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Carson. Well, I know our time here on Zoom is about to wrap up, and I don't want to get us cut off. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carson, we're going to let you go back to Lola and Larry and all yeah. of your friends. And um, I, I see, I definitely see a, another type of show in your future that. Um, like, we need to see more of this side of you. The world needs to see it. Yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch like a pioneer woman show. <laughs> Love it. Brie, here I come. I'm going to be, um, I don't know, it's going to have an Amish theme, and I'm going to bake <laughs> lots of pies. And, uh, Larry I'd watch. I'd watch, Thank for you. sure. Thank you. So, in yeah. heels. 
Yes, Ali and I and all of Hollywood Life will be there. Well, thank you so much. And we will all look forward to watching Ru RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars every week and then to following all of your virtual events of celebrating Pride this month. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. You're so welcome. Thanks, Thanks so much Carson. Bye, Carson. Bye. Stay, stay fabulous.